Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for war? Conspiracy Farm, go, check it out. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us. Jeffrey Wilson, as always, joining me, my co-host, the brilliant one. And we've got kind of an interesting show tonight, Jeffrey. We kind of we, we kind of stumbled across this. Uh, a friend of mine sent me some some pictures. A uh, gentleman that I've known since, gosh, high school, middle school, possibly. Anyway, he is a wildlife removal expert, gets hired by corporations, farmers, uh, people to get rid of uh, wildlife out of their addicts, deer off their property, coyotes, um, and much, much more, as we found out. He is the owner of Quad City Pest Proofing, and previously owned another company that he had sold to Orkin, and uh, has has uh, started up another one, and he's he's an expert. He truly is uh, world world known as far as coyote expert. Or he says there's other guys out there that he learns from, but I can tell you that this guy's one of the best in in capturing the wily coyotes. So, uh, Bill Christman, thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks. Nice to be here. So, uh, Jeff, you saw the pictures of what we're going to talk about a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I did kind of, I did find it quite fascinating. Um, and it was interesting because, I mean, and you, I mean, we're going to let the experts speak on it. And it, to me, it's what we're, we're going to talk about seemed to be kind of an eventuality that we were ultimately going to be having these conversations. As someone who was raised in the Quad Cities, you know, we used to go to Makokita Caves and Wildcats Den quite a bit. And I don't know how true this was, and maybe our guest can could speak to this, but I was hearing that places like Wildcat's Den was closed because of sightings of uh, mountain lions and black bears and even uh, Makokita Caves. They've said it was some uh, bat guano bacteria, something kind of infection, but other people were saying, no, they're, they're, they're seeing you know, some, some big stuff out there, and I don't know how true that is, but hearing you, know, you, you hit me up, and I was like, whoa, I would love to actually have this conversation with this gentleman to put these puzzle pieces together and find out what the heck is exactly going on because, you know, the, it, the potential implications yeah, yeah. of this are huge. Yeah, so to fill our fill our viewers in a little bit, I got a, a few pictures. And on there was uh, basically this, this this ain't no coyote. This ain't no coyote. And remind, uh, I'll remind the viewers and listeners, I should say, that we live in eastern Iowa. Okay, there are coyotes, there are owls, there are eagles. There's, there's a lot of stuff. Um, but... Um, wolves, we've not, uh, at least I've never seen one in Iowa and I've been all over the state and, you know, Bill being the expert said, this is a gray wolf. We, we now have gray wolves in Iowa. And so Bill, go ahead and kind of talk about you, the moment you walked up on this animal uh, in your trap. Yeah. So I was trapping a, a farm, uh, just about two and a half miles, uh, south of, uh, McCausland, Iowa here in Scott County. And I, uh, I pulled up to check uh, uh, the the sets, the traps that I had for the uh, that I had set up for the coyotes, and came around the corner, and I had my um, camera on, and uh, all of a sudden this huge animal popped up, and uh, which they normally do as you start to get closer, uh, they'll 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 stand up. Usually they'll be laying down by the time you get there, but. Um, 
so I came around and, and this was no coyote. I mean, it was a, it was just absolutely monstrous. I have a service dog, a Czech, Czechoslovakian shepherd that's 80 pound female. And, uh, this thing was, uh, quite larger than her. When I got there, I immediately, uh, recognized that it was a gray wolf. Um, a gray wolf in Scott County. I mean, it, it was just amazing to see. I mean, I, I, I even myself, I started uh, taking a look at the pictures of the the uh, typical gray wolf in Wisconsin. You know, 75 miles north of north of us, they have a current population that that they estimated about a thousand wolves in Wisconsin, and uh, it makes sense that uh, they're following the Mississippi River corridor. Uh, down to one of the most highly populated uh, areas for deer um, and new territory for it. And um, this was a female wolf, approximately 90 pounds. Um, and uh, it had some of the signature markings of a, of a wolf, one of them being the, the definite transition in the fur going down the middle of the body. Uh, it's like a straight line transition, the head, the ears, uh, much shorter than a, than a coyote and rounded at the tips instead of the pointed. The, for the ears? Yeah, the okay. ears. Um, the, the typical uh, white in the jawline, um, the, uh, uh, the mouth, the jaw, the width of it, uh, not to mention the, uh, the legs. The legs were, were extremely long. This, uh, this wolf was, uh, when it stood up, it stood up, its back was at my hip. Wow. So if that wow. gives you any idea. That's I, a, that's a I, big female. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I may ask, female, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. Typical, typical female, uh, uh, average female gray wolf is between 50 and 85 pounds. Um, you know, that's the, that's the average, uh, males go up to about 110, 120. Uh, just the averages. So it gives you an idea. And I've caught all kinds of predators. Uh, and I predator trap uh, on about 80 farms every year. And I've caught hundreds of coyotes and koi dogs and, and all of that. And uh, this, was, this was a definite wolf. So I had to call in DNR. And, uh, and then we uh, went from there. So I mean, the, back in... I'm sorry. Ahead, well, I was just going to ask just to differentiate between the gray wolf and any other type of wolf in North, possible North America. I mean, obviously, we, we remember in the 90s when the wolves were reintroduced into out west. I forget where it was, Wyoming, Idaho, Colorado, that area. And they did, the population has just exploded. Is that correct? Is these the same kind of wolves or are these different? No, they're the same kind of wolves. Uh, they, they have different uh, 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 names for them, you know, the timber wolf, the gray wolf, uh, the gray wolf, uh, the, you know, we're, we're talking about pretty much the same animal. Okay. Um, sometimes the, the animal sizes can vary depending on the part of the country, like coyotes in eastern, the eastern part of the United States are much larger because they have more wolf DNA in them. Uh, the western coyotes, uh, northwestern coyotes are a lot larger, uh, primarily. Uh, they get smaller as you go south. Um, Midwest, uh, average coyote size is between probably 25 and 35 pounds. Uh, but I typically uh, catch, uh, I've caught a number of coyotes over 40 pounds uh, in our area. 
but there's very distinct differences in them. And the populations, uh, just to give you an idea, Minnesota right now, the best estimate on wolf population in Minnesota is about 2,650. Uh, the latest estimate in Wisconsin was 1,000. Montana, about 1,000. And then you get to Alaska, and they estimate between seven and 11,000. Huh. Wow. Okay. So one thing that, that Bill and I talked about was, um, you know, the, the way the DNR is treating us. Now, there was another wolf that was trapped yeah. by another trapper, correct? A right. day or two after you caught yours? Yeah, about five days after I trapped mine, uh, somebody two miles west of the location that I caught this wolf caught a male wolf of approximately 120 pounds. Now, DNR immediately, from what I understand, immediately didn't, didn't want to do any testing on this one. They just darted it and said that they were going to transport it back to Wisconsin. And just to let everybody know, DNR is? Department of Natural Resources. There you go. Very powerful agency. So now, Bill, if there's two wolves trapped, a male and a female, two miles apart, which is basically a few miles north of my house to begin with, begin with right. from where we're sitting right now, um, how many wolves does that mean? Because they don't travel alone, obviously. They're, they travel in packs. So how many how many animals do you think could possibly be in Scott County then? Clinton, well, Scott County. In, in this area, the typical, like, uh, uh, so the coyote has a home range of probably about three square miles. But wolves average in Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, this, the, the Midwestern area, they their average home range is between 20 and 120 square miles. Wow. Okay. Okay, so they cover a lot of ground. Yeah. And so one being caught two miles west of the location is of that same pack. Right. Okay, and so to give you an idea, they estimate in Minnesota, out of the 2,650 wolves that they estimate, they also estimate 465 packs. So that brings it to about six wolves per pack. Okay. So we're looking at there's four more left. But potentially also they do go in much bigger packs. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, some of the, some of the packs, uh, especially in Alaska, um, you know, 15, 20 in a pack. Okay. Um, you know, yeah. So it's safe to say these weren't honeymooners and we got rid of all of them. Oh, no, no, no. For <laughs> every one you get, you probably you, you probably missed, you know, ten. So, coyotes cause problems for people. You know, going back to the coyote problem, coyotes get into chicken coops. They go after um, all kinds of farm animals. They go after pets. They go after kids. Uh, but now wolves, which are much bigger, much more powerful. You know, we're looking at a little more dangerous of a predator, to say the least, right? Oh yeah, um, the. Um... Uh, in Wisconsin, they reported um, 33 uh, livestock that were reported killed by wolves. Just last year? In, yeah, last year. Okay. So. How much so does that deviate from normal numbers? Actually, I think that's fairly low. Uh, you know, out of 1,000 wolves, 33 uh uh, farm animals killed. I, I would have expected that number to be a lot larger. Um, wolves. I, I actually looked it up, and there was no human attacks mm. 
uh, by the wolves. But I guess the, the one of the issues that I have is is that I think that the public should be notified that there's wolves in the area, especially in an area like like this. I mean, yeah. you, you know, you got a lot of people that are out and about biking all the way down Z30 all the time, jogging by themselves out there. And I've run out there night. numerous times. Yeah, I mean, you know, you. One thing I've learned about wild animals is is that they're wild, and you cannot predict everything that they will do. Right, you know? right. As far so as the, uh, as far as ahead. combat as far as combating it, I mean, if you have them in that numbers, and it does sound like it's a bit of a natural progression, and if it is a natural progression, what's how do you stop it necessarily? I mean, if you could take out a couple packs, I guess. I mean, but if this is what they're going to be doing, is it this kind of a natural something you can't really combat? How do you go about it? Combating well, it? Iowa considers the gray wolf endangered. Um, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service just recently, um, they are thinking about, because they believe that the, the wolf populations are stabilized in the lower 48 states. So they're going... They're thinking about turning it over to the states and allowing them to put seasons and quotas and limits on on like like Montana. You can uh, if you're a resident of Montana, you can get five permits per year. So that means you can kill five wolves. Mm. Um, uh, so they're thinking about doing that for 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 the rest of uh, uh, the lower 48 as well and turning it over to the states and let them let them deal with it. When, when do we know when it's like really, I mean, I don't know, is this bad? I mean, I can't be good to have wolves in, in these particular areas, but what are going to be the signs? More just people like you catching them? Are we going to see like more livestock uh, coming know, usually, up? Usually it's, it's, it's more, more, more and more sightings. Like you had mentioned earlier that, but, but wolves and, and bears and, and lions uh, uh, used to be part of this, area years and years ago um and now they're starting to come down and what i believe in the, and i checked on the numbers um in wisconsin there were twenty thousand deer car collisions in 2018 uh just a little over twenty thousand. that's a lot that is. in iowa even with all of their progressive uh uh trying to knock down the deer populations in iowa there were still over 30,000 deer car collisions. One in 73 drivers in Iowa uh, get into a car wreck with a deer. And you think that deer would know to go where to go across the road because of the deer crossing signs. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, you've talked, you've told me a lot about how intelligent coyotes are, uh, that they never take the same way back to their to their den. Um, you know, they, they just are very alert and very difficult to catch. I mean, how, how does that compare to wolves um, that you know of? Well, actually, wolves are a very intelligent animal as well, but they're actually, um, as far as uh, catching them, they're not, they're not as, they do not scrutinize a uh, set trap location as much as a coyote is. And the the reason is is because not because they're dumb, it's because they're extremely sure of themselves. Very confident. They're very confident, yeah. and they're not afraid of anything. And and a lot of animals that are not afraid of anything, like a say a wolverine, uh, 
are fairly easy to catch if you can find them. The only reason that makes it, it makes them difficult to catch is because they cover so much ground. A coyote, well, he's afraid of everything. He's 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 nervous. He's like a, um, a, it's a yeah, a it's a it's an animal on crack. <laughs> I mean, he's constantly worried about everything, and so he scrutinizes everything he's seeing bushnark yeah. he's seeing bushnarks yeah. in the wild yeah he sees a shadow oh oh my god i better circle around and check this yeah. out yeah. you know come on but, man uh, i suck your dick for some crack <laughs> stop it dude <laughs> so uh, we digress so do you would you say that i mean this isn't disparaging the dnr i mean obviously they do great, no. great work but uh, is it in their best interest to keep this hush hush um, for specific reasons? Well, you know they have to address. Well, it. I, I, I would, I would, I, I guess I would speculate that they're the re, anytime they're closed mouth about something like that is because they want they don't want people to freak out. But at the same time, in a heavily urban area, which we are in Scott County. I think there should be some discussion with the local uh, farmers and community that, you know, hey, uh, we don't think it's a problem, but we should let you know that two wolves have been trapped in Scott County um, and there's, you know, we're monitoring the situation, you know, something like that. Right. right. Uh, rather than, you know, when when DNR and, they, and both of the DNR conservation officers that showed up were, were very polite, very professional, um, very nice. Um, but the interesting thing to me was, is how, uh, the lead conservation officer, uh, the, uh, the, the officer in charge of that scene, um, wanted to dismiss that it wasn't a wolf before just, you know, saying, and, and you gotta remember that when, when they were there, this wolf was alive. I mean, he was alive in, in the trap. You know, um, you know, and how they immediately wanted to go to, no, this is probably a koi dog. And I said, you know, look, I've been doing this a long time. I've caught a lot of koi dogs. This is no koi dog. How long have you been trapping now? 33 years. Yeah, so I would think you'd have enough experience. How many koi dogs do you think you've caught? Oh, probably 15, 20. So... So you've seen a few. Oh yeah. Yeah. Why so would they? Like why would they have that kind of resistance? Why wouldn't they? You know, from a public service standpoint, why wouldn't they want to be like, "Thank you, sir. We need to look further into this," as opposed to denying it's a wolf. Well, because because they just want to, you know, anything out of the ordinary, they want to keep quiet. They don't want to. Well, I mean, God forbid something it. happens like, out there in rural Iowa and a girl gets attacked, and you guys can go back and be like, "Yo, sir, remember when we told you yeah. there were wolves and you said it was a." Koi dog. Now the government essentially has some measure of liability, I imagine. Well, and yeah, and you bring that up. Uh, I remember, gosh, it was probably a decade ago over on the Illinois side of the river, uh, out in the country. Uh, a girl who was, I think she was a cross country runner. She was out running the country roads by herself and they found her dead and chewed up. Um, and they said it was a pack of wild dogs. Um, that's what they said. They speculated. Mm. So could that have been, you know, a pack of wolves or even a pack of coyotes? Um, but, you know, I mean, uh, I would think, you know, somebody who's 17, 18, 19 years old, how many coyotes is it going to take to take you out? 
if you're pretty physically fit and strong. Right. I mean, are, two. two can take a person out. Mm-hmm. 40 pound dogs, 30 pound dogs. Yeah, but you got to remember these kinds of dogs are all they do is sleep and kill. Right. <laughs> They're very. It's kind of like you. You you know how to fight really <laughs> really well. Well, so do they. Yeah. And yeah. they know exactly. It's like it's like a wolf. You know, a wolf is extremely one one wolf, one male alpha male wolf, can easily take down a full grown bull buffalo by himself. You know, they know how to. They and and to watch them kill and how strategic they are is unbelievable. The first thing they do is clip the Achilles heel. Yeah. Just. You know, now you're going nowhere. Yeah, you're going nowhere. And now we're going to. Right. Now we're going to. I forget. It was probably on some documentary, man. But it was amazing how, you know, a lot of the wolves, a certain pack that was had been released. I believe it was Colorado or whatever out there in the West and the Rockies. And they saw uh, like a herd of whatever it was, elk or caribou or whatever. But and they from like so far away, like the alpha or the group themselves can see which one of their herd was the weakest one to go after. I just found mm-hmm. that, you know, that sense, like you said, that apex predator kind of abilities, I always find so fascinating. Yeah, yeah, it is. It actually is fascinating. And the only, you know, the uh, there's uh, the Caucasian dogs, and they're, they're, that's, a, a, you know, over in Eurasia, the herding dogs, the bow shepherd dogs, and a few other breeds that are big and strong enough to kill wolves. Um, I just watched a, a Caucasian dog. And that's the actual name of it. They're massive. They're like a mastiff with long hair. It's racist. Um, and right, right. But it's it, from the Caucasus, basically. I think is is where it comes from, potentially originally. But it showed a uh, one of these dogs squared off in front of two big. These were big wolves, but this dog was even bigger. Uh, this dog uh, was like two hundred and forty pounds, and this. Uh, this dog hit one of those wolves with his paw and then slammed its head onto the ground with its jaws, and both wolves cowered and, and ran away from it. I mean, these dogs are powerful. So it's like, if I'm a farmer living out here and there's wolves now, that's that's the kind of dogs I'm going to have, you know, to protect my livestock. That's why in Turkey, the bow shepherd dogs, you know, uh, go with the, the, the sheep everywhere um, because they're big enough to kill the wolves. And the bow shepherd dogs and the, the uh, Caucasian dogs um, from what I'm told, anyway, are the only ones strong enough to kill a full-grown mountain lion by themselves. Wow, which is which is really cool that there's dogs out there that can do that. Yeah, and I, you know, and I, we're kind of going off not off topic, but I always found it found it so very fascinating. And help me if this is true, guys, because I really don't know if this is true. Every single dog that we ever see, from your small Pomeranian to your little Taco Bell dog, they were all bred from wolves. Yeah, well, that's the that's the uh, um, I don't know. I don't know. That's what they say. I, I'm not. Well, I mean, I've so... heard. I mean, it's hundreds of years of breeding, and that I mean, obviously, but it's like it's. I find that so incredibly fascinating that if that's true, that every kind of iteration of dog we see essentially came from a wolf. Yeah, I, I mean, you can go back to Roman times on mastiffs. They had um, columns like tanks, but they had columns of mastiffs that were armored. They had, they had armor for their mastiffs, and that, that would be the first wave that they that they would send into opposing armies. Um, and there incredible. were a few, a few, a few empires that knew to have you know two hundred pound uh, man killers, man stoppers, but they'd have like two hundred of them, and 
all, all in armor and just let them all go at the same time into the opposing forces. Tell me how terrifying that would be. Right, that yeah. would be unbelievable, yeah. Pretty pretty intense stuff, pretty intense stuff. So, yeah. um, so as this gets released, Bill, I mean, and people start listening to this, do you foresee getting calls from DNR, from anybody going, hey, man, uh, you know, well, let's keep this on the down low, bud. Let's yeah, kind of, you know, yeah. I mean, do, yeah. do you foresee, uh, I mean, if, if the local news stations call you, and um, I sent a local uh, news reporter um, the pictures of the wolf you sent me, and that this was a few miles north of my house uh, where they were both caught, um, she went, oh, my gosh, you know, this is this is crazy. Um, I'll look into it, but there's been nothing on the local news, and maybe she's she's worried she's going to get in trouble for for letting the cat out of the bag. I don't know. But what, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think they, you know, I think the first um, hesitation is is hysteria, you know, or it can't be a wolf, right? Right. This is Iowa. This is Iowa. Yeah, this is Iowa. But if you think about it. I mean, look, 75 miles north of our location, There's wolves are wonderful. Right. Now, look, if a home range of a wolf, okay, an, an average home range is anywhere between 20 and 120 square miles, coming down the Mississippi River corridor not to the far. best deer populations probably in the country, yeah, uh, would 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 seem pretty logical to me. I mean, right. you know. Why compete up in Wisconsin where we've got, you know, we've got even uh, more corn and soybeans down here for them. Yeah. I mean, laying we, around. yeah, right. we got, we got, you know, we got open territory. Um, predators routinely follow the rivers. We're right on the major Mississippi river cutting right through the middle of the United States. Yeah. And the predators going to follow that, you know, and, and, you know, I was looking up the deer cart. The only, the only Iowa is the, is fifth in the country for deer car collisions. Okay. That's pretty high. So, so um, the only one that beat it. Illinois, uh, Illinois it, probably, because it's a bigger state. Um, well, the, the one that I checked was Minnesota. Minnesota had 33,000. Okay. Last year. So hmm. Iowa had 30, Wisconsin had 20. Um, you know, we got massive populations down here. Yeah. And, um, and you know. twenty thousand car collisions. I'm guessing at least half die from those. Yeah. Uh, right. There were now there wasn't as many deaths as you would think. I'm talking the, the, the deer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. So that's uh, not that's not calling the that's not calling no the the along with all the hunting the bow right, season exactly, the shotgun exactly, exactly. muzzle loader not even making we have massive deer populations and and uh, so and, maybe the DNR the the DNR folks um, are okay with the wolves being here to help out. Oh, I'm sure they would be. Yeah. So it's so maybe that's why they want it. Maybe not out there. Right. So. Bring, bring on the wolves, man. <laughs> well, and it's weird. I mean, like you said, it was, you know, that used to be, I mean, probably before certain kind of development in these cities, this area used to be a huge stomping ground. Like you said, 75 miles north of the quad is is more uh, wolves. So it just kind of makes sense. Like you said, following the river or even just kind of old patterns that they're now resuming. I mean, it makes sense that, you know, I haven't seen any black bears there or mountain lions or any of that, but it makes sense like wolves would come back, especially with the food. Wolves, I don't. I mean, the, I mean, it's a smorgasbord. Cougars have been sighted. In, cougars have been sighted in Iowa um, on on people's trail cameras 
um, numerous times over the past few years. So cougars are here. Um, you know, they'll wander in for food, and I'm sure they, you know, look, the climate's no worse here than it is anywhere else, Else, and there's plenty of, plenty of deer to eat, as Bill's saying. The numbers are, are massive for, for the predators to, to come and eat. So it's going to, yeah, they're going to follow the herds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, I'll be anxious. But as I mean, far as human danger, I think the yeah, uh, I wonder. the there there's probably more human danger from the cougars than there is the wolves. Um, in the United States, uh, the uh, well in Montana, the grizzlies are, are are attacking hunters left and right, and cougars have been been also known in Colorado and, and other areas. Uh, to uh, to go after people a lot. So, um, but the but the but the attacks on humans from wolves, from what I uh, researched, is is actually fairly low, fairly low. Did you ever hear sure. of um, just kind of wolf man relations? The guy, his name was Sean Ellis. He had a documentary. I think he wrote a book called "The Man Who Lives with Wolves" or something to that effect. And um, he literally adopted, or they adopted him, or whatever these packs of wolves. And have you heard of him at all? Yeah, I, 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 I have heard of that. And I, I mean, again, just so, I mean, just beyond fascinating how he really adopted, like, didn't shower, just had wore the same clothes, et cetera, et cetera, because of the scent. But the mannerisms of how they approached each other, like showing this amount of teeth, doesn't mean he's mad. He's trying to, however, it was as far as as far as establishing your establishing yourself as the rank in the pack very very fascinating right. I mean, wolves are just very fascinating animals oh yeah and they have a they have a military hierarchy the alpha male and uh alpha female are are almost always the only ones who mate within the pack hmm. every year once a year and they'll have an average of four to six pups huh. so um so it's not uh it's not like every female in the group, and and usually uh, with wolves, uh, the uh, the females got to be about three years old before before she can be bred. Well, as an expert, man, I'm I'm curious, man, because when Pat told me about this, I just I don't know. Putting all these pieces together, I just wonder kind of what's going on. Prognosticate, if you will, you know, if you don't mind, look into the future. What with this kind of size of a pack coming down. And like you said, seventy-five miles to the north, there's there's even more. What do you see coming in the future? Is this a one-off? Oh yeah, I think in the next five years, uh, wolves are going to be um, commonplace, be, be commonplace, and 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 routinely sighted. And uh, there's going to be a few problems here and there, especially for the farmers, livestock owners. Uh, there's going to be some some problems, uh, but uh, but I don't see I I I, I don't. I don't see a lot of um, uh, human problems. I'm not saying that there can't be, but the the statistics and the information that's out there across the country, as far as an animal that routinely attacks human beings, wolf wolves are not on the top of that list. Yeah. But cougars and grizzlies are. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guessing that wolves, just like coyotes, to a certain extent, are going to be pretty pretty leery around human beings. There's something maybe about human beings because of that dog, that that dog human connection, mm-hmm. maybe that mm-hmm. that has something yeah. to do with. It. I mean, that's obviously just just me um, hypothesizing, basically. But you know, one thing that uh, I know this is bad to say, 
uh, for farmers because they'll be like, what are you talking about, dude? No, we don't want that. Um, I kind of, I'm kind of leaning towards the wild hogs migrating north so I can shoot a lot of them and fill my freezer with some ham and some bacon. Yeah. And we've got, uh, we, they're, they're, made coming. they're coming. They've made it to Missouri, yeah. right? Yep. Yep. So and they made it to Illinois. Have they? Southern Illinois. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And those things can yeah, get huge, man. I didn't even realize. I mean, those yeah, thousand pounds, stuff like that. Crazy. Yeah, there's some big ones. The wild boars, the Russian boars, and all that that have bred uh, with with indigenous boars, and and uh, there was there was a bit of a conspiracy about that getting started, wasn't there? About uh, a de- a deliberate introduction of these Russian boars um, into yeah. America. America yeah, out of in, on hunting ranches and stuff like that, and then they got out mm-hmm. and bred with domestic the bigger domestic hogs and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff, and things got a little out of control. And now we've got these psycho-sized, nuclear-sized uh, uh, like Nimitz Nimitz hogs, you know, doing a deca stack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, but uh, no, you know, there obviously would not be a limit on hogs then. Um, there's no limit on hogs in any state that I know of, is there? No, as a matter of fact, no uh, in Illinois, you're supposed to shoot them on site. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Feed the homeless, baby. Well, and I'm glad, you know what I mean? Like I said, Pat, when you when you showed me that, I found it, you know, very fascinating considering the other, considering the other information I'd heard about. I mean, I'd known Iowa was Iowa, so I knew there was mountain lion and stuff like way back in the day. But, uh, you know, we're sounding the alarm. So, again, if something does happen, you do have on record those DNR guys. Not that we're trying to piss off the dnr by any stretch we're not pinching anybody yeah well i mean you know they were you know it's a coy dog like okay well just remember that because if this does turn into a larger problem they're on record and we are on record of sounding the alarm you know when it first jumped off so but the thing is you know and the thing is as i posted online i said is this a coy dog uh, uh is you know uh, uh what do they call them prairie wolves and some people call coyotes prairie wolves or whatever in certain parts of the country um, but the experts that chimed in, zoologists and other wildlife experts, you know, you could you could read their bio on their on their Twitter page and and, and their Facebook page. They're like, that's a gray wolf. <laughs> they, there was yeah. nothing. That's a gray wolf. One hundred percent. That's a gray wolf. So right. you know, I'm going with the, and you know, everybody repeat myself online and say, wolf experts and wildlife experts only like comment on this, and everybody and their brothers like. Oh, that's a koi dog, and this is that, and the, oh, that's a, yeah, that's, I don't know, it looks kind of like a cross between a, a, a Siberian husky and a, and a German shepherd and shit like that. And I just go, <laughs> again, wildlife experts only. Please. Right. And, but, but the people that, you know, had those credentials, um, all of them said across the board, this is a gray wolf. So we have gray wolves in Iowa, uh, a few miles north of my house. And uh, so that's that's a done deal. Now it just comes down to, you know, spreading the word via the conspiracy farm and people share, people sharing this episode and, and letting people know so they're not leaving uh, Fido outside too long because the coyotes are one thing, but a 120-pound wolf is going to make quick work of your dog. Yeah. Well, it'll be good to get our guests back on here in the next, like, you know, three to six months, see what's going on, cause, like, to give an update, because I'm, I'm very curious about it, man. Well, there's going to be there's gonna be more caught and shot and uh and it probably in the next few months and probably in this area uh since it only you know i caught one and then somebody else five days later caught another one so being an expert is there is there a seasonal spike where you would expect them 
Well, um, more than you know, another animals, season. Animals really know just just like coyotes know when it's deer season because they feed off of the gut piles out there, you know, every year. You know, yeah, I mean, they, they, everybody knows what's going on. Even the deer know. <laughs> the deer know not to start to hide in plain sight, like in the middle of a bean field, out in the middle. You know, or they not all, in the woods, you know. Or, or it's funny, they all go to Scott County Park. Right, right. When the right, guns start going right. off, they go to Scott County right, Park. Right. Let's go, let's go on vacation, kids. And they, <laughs> take, they take the they Disneyland. Take the <laughs> I'm not kidding you, dude. That's the truth. Because you can't shoot they them do. out there, obviously. Hunters know. They just, uh, they all run into the park. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's hilarious. I don't know how many times I've been out. And seeing these monster bucks, you know, that everybody, these big trophy bucks in Iowa that people want to shoot uh, or get with their bow or muzzleloader or whatever. But most of the big trophy bucks that I've seen are right out in the middle of a wash in, in, right in, a, in a bean field, hiding in plain sight, you know, <laughs> because nobody's hunting the middle of the bean field. Everybody's down in the timber, you know? Right, right. I mean, that big buck, he knows exactly. He's, 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 he's I, I was picturing me, he's, he's got to be laying there laughing, going, yeah, so I'll go ahead and feed tonight. Let's see, shooting uh, he's a He's a big buck for a reason, right? Yeah, I, think I'll, I think I'll go feed about 1 a.m., and then I'll come back to the bean field. <laughs> right. So um, before you go, Bill, What's you got to give us at least one of the craziest stories you've ever had dealing with wildlife. I mean, uh, you've had to have a, had your ass kicked by a raccoon at one point or another. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I have. But the, <laughs> oh yeah. The eeriest one was in uh, Alito, and this was probably twenty-five years ago. Guy had a snake problem. He said in an old farmhouse, and really nice, really nice old farm, but very well kept. And I went in the basement. It's one of those basements that uh, there's no concrete floor. It's all it's all dirt, and you know. So I go down there, and there are snake skins everywhere, bull snakes everywhere. And uh, he told me when he got there, he goes, you know, I just had to call you because I've already caught 75 bull snakes in the house. <laughs> in the and house? Was, and, and, well, there's no there's no you, there's no rats. Yeah, and if you know me. <laughs> I look. I'll, I'll I'll wrestle a grizzly before before I'll deal with bed bugs or or or, or, or snakes. I can't stand snakes. That's funny. But I'll do anything if you're paying me. And bull snakes so, get big. Yeah, they get big. They're scary looking. So I went down there and I was uh, uh, inspecting the basement, and there was this one area of the basement that you couldn't just walk into. I had to get on my hands and knees and crawl back there. I wanted to see what was. You know, back there. So I'm crawling back there, and the ductwork was above my head. And I heard this sound when I was crawling back there, and I looked up, and there was this big, huge bull snake looking at me. Right, I mean, face right above face. me. Yeah. And and I, I, I'm not kidding you. I about pissed myself getting out of there. <laughs> I mean... Oh my God! And I think I ended up catching, you know, sixty bull snakes myself at this place. You know, I mean, it was just—it was crazy. It was crazy the amount of snakes. You know, my record—my record as a kid catching snakes is eighty-eight in one day. Eighty-eight. Eighty-eight in one day. I put a plastic garbage can 
uh, out in the middle of the yard. I think it's actually a metal garbage can, one of the old ones. And I uh, I grabbed a pillowcase and you break a you break a stick off with a fork on it so you can trap their neck. Right, right. And I went out and turned over rocks and two pieces of plywood in the woods and all kinds of crap. And I came back and kept kept <laughs> bringing a full pillowcase back and dumping it in the garbage can, put the lid on it, go back out, catch more snakes. And I, I got to 88 snakes, and then I went in, and I think I was maybe 10 at the time. And I went in, and I said, Mom, you got to come out here and check this out. Now, this garbage can sitting in the middle of my backyard. And uh, <laughs> so I brought my mom out there, and I took the lid off, and I kicked the can over, and 88 sna- snakes went slithering out into my backyard. My mom lost her mind. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, PJ! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... So that's the only thing I got to beat at, wildlife-wise, maybe. Uh, that's yeah, it. Yeah, you're a snake killer. I love No, I, I never... Well, I ate one snake. I caught oh! one snake. I caught a snake. We, No, I'm kidding. We were camping. I caught a, a bull snake, and I beheaded it. I cut its head off with a rusty pocket knife. I skinned it. I gutted it. Uh, washed it off in the creek. And I took creek water, put it in an old Folgers coffee can... And put it in the fire, and I I boiled that snake in that coffee can. I kind of had to cut it up in chunks and put it in parts, and uh, I ate that whole damn bull snake, and it was actually pretty good. Tastes like chicken. Hey man, I know how to rough it. Oh, oh, oh! You got the X. You got the expert cringing. So, Jeff, do you have any uh, questions for Bill before we uh, wrap it up? No, man. I, like I said, I would love to have him back on, you know, in a few months just to give us an update on this, man, because I don't think this is going to be the last we're hearing of this stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, things are going to get a little bit interesting. So, Bill, again, uh, the name of your company and people can contact you at what number here in western, uh, eastern Iowa, western Illinois, if they have an issue with wildlife in their house. Yeah, go to qcpestproofing.com. You can get me right there. qcpestproofing.com. Call up Billy Christman. Mm-hmm. So thanks for your thanks time. For having, thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank Jeff, you, sir. Now we're good. Away, now that's it, man. www.theconspiracyfarm.com. Archives, online store, awesome sponsors. Go check us out and appreciate uh, this gentleman for his time and for sounding the alarm because, again, we're going to be hearing more about this. So peace, guys. Take care.